Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Today, we've got our NFL player projections for week two. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and I am joined by one of the top rankers, top odds makers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, how is your week going? Uh, I'm still recovering. What an amazing and wild week one. Um, had a good start. I'm up uh, two to three units despite having a couple bad beats. I had Damian Pierce over 11 and a half rushing attempts um and he was stuck on 11 for what seemed about an hour <laughs> uh rex burkhead is apparently the lead back there didn't know oh, that yeah. uh, and then i had dj chark under 41 and a half uh on convince me uh he went over that on the very last pass attempt by jared goff so that was fun too but all things considered still up and i don't even like week one that much because we're going off speculation beat reports we're just kind of winging it but week two is one of my favorite weeks we have data now we have evidence, we have stats. So I love week two, but from what I saw, you had an amazing week one as well, right? Yeah, I did. I went nine and two. Uh, nice, Could have <laughs> swept props if Je uh, Je <laughs> Josh Jacobs doesn't catch a random pass when Brandon Bolden like gets hurt. Like they were, they were throwing the- Oh, you lost that? I thought you won that. I, he, I got the receptions, over? but he went over uh, the yardage on a 16 yard grab, so- uh, yeah, if anyone follows me in the app, I kind of talked about how Josh McDaniels RB1 has not averaged more than like 1.2 receptions for the last decade. So that was my reasoning for fading Jacob. So, uh, but nice. yeah, well, still a good week. Yeah, congrats on the huge week. Uh, it's always nice to get off to, a, you know, a hot start like that. Absolutely. And uh, we'll try to keep it going uh, on this pod. We'll run through our top five fantasy plays at each skill position. We'll discuss players who are especially high on and low on uh, in our projection. So uh, maybe you could take some of something away from that for, for player props or DFS or whatever uh, you are uh, investing in. And uh, we'll also throw out our own player prop 
for each position. We're both one and one, I believe, uh, in week one. Uh, um, so we have to, we're, we're kind of going against each other. I make the line for two. Sean makes the line for two, and uh, we see who beats each other more uh, at the end of it all. Uh, let's jump right into quarterback. Who are your top five QBs for week number two? My top five is pretty straightforward this week. I have Josh Allen, number one, Jalen Hurts, number two again, Patrick Mahomes, number three, Lamar Jackson, number four, and Justin Herbert down to five because I'm giving him a slight downgrade uh, with without Keenan Allen potentially this week. So he's my QB five this week. Yeah, I have Allen Hurts, Mahomes, Jackson, uh, and Kyra Murray right now. Um, without, mm. without Keenan, yeah, Herbert goes a little further down for me. It's short week. Uh, and they ran, you know, I think they might run the ball a little more. Uh, then mm. we thought, you know, they did that in week one as well. So um, got to get that running quarterback in, though. You know, Kyler was Kyler yeah. was an adventure. In, uh, he always in is. One. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, um, so how far down do you have Herbert, though? Number six? Or yeah, like he's number lower? six. Oh, okay. Yeah, he might, you know, he might float into my top five. Yeah. I'm not like, counting him out. Uh, check our <laughs> rankings at actionnetwork.com uh, to, to stay up to date with that. But, uh, yeah, who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on Trey Lance. I have him QB nine versus QB 14. Uh, the, his current ECR is QB 14. Uh, he faces the Seahawks this week. And I'm not going to lie. He had a pretty bad week one. Um, but due to the weather and George Kittle being out, I actually ended up dropping him to QB 15 um, before kickoff. So that's where I ended up with his rank last week. Um, it was encouraging to see the 13 rushing attempts uh, for 54 yards. That's kind of what we were expecting. Um, there's, you know, the potential of George Kittle returning this week. I'm not banking on it, but either way, I think he bounces back this week. The Seahawks defense is very prone to, you know, passes underneath their quarterback, like Trey Lance. And now they just lost Jamal Adams for potentially, you know, season ending knee injury. So I think this is a good matchup for him. I think he bounces back. I think we can end some of the Jimmy G drama, hopefully, uh, this week. Um, but yeah, I like him as a low end QB one this week. And then Daniel Jones, this is a, Sneaky high upside QB2 or a GPP play in DFS. Uh, Giants are slight favorites this week uh, against the Panthers. Um, and I liked what I saw from them and Brian Dable just being aggressive, more innovative on offense. Um, you know, he, he kind of had a shaky interception there, but Dable let him hear about it. Uh, and, you know, Jones has some sneaky rushing upside. I think as long as Barkley and Sterling Shepard are healthy, those those will be his top two targets. He can lean on them this week. Uh, so, like, Daniel Jones, yeah, what are you laughing at? I mean, I, just like yeah, the, I got situation. the Giants jersey on, man, but, like, yo, I, what I an adventure. Asking, what I, an adventure. I, I had no idea it was David Sills and Richie James as, you know, the top two receivers, but here we yeah. are. But um, I still like Daniel Jones, so he's my QB 16. Right now he's ranked QB 23. I think that's way too low given his upside. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Trey Lance, I think, you know, people might be a little worried about him. I mean, that game, you, ha- you almost have to throw it out on both sides. I mean, that was just like a monsoon, uh, you know. And then on top of that, yeah. the Niners were doing fine. So it wasn't even like there was like negative game script or anything. Like they were just trying to protect the lead until they lost the lead. <laughs> like it just, I mean, man, I mean, if you had the 49ers in a survivor pool, like I'm sorry for you. Yeah, like, anybody, yeah. uh, you know, Colts. <laughs> Bengals, uh, oh yeah, Niners, Broncos, all the heavy favorites lost this week. Yeah, except the Ravens because the Jets are the Jets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I like Derek Carr this week. Uh, I'm going to continue to target that the Arizona pass defense. You know, last week I ended up with Mahomes as my QB one, and I, I I look at this Cardinal pass defense and I just I just don't see a lot of good things. I mean, maybe they'll get Watt back, maybe they'll get a cornerback, but. 
I think this is going to be a problem spot for them all year. And, you know, Carr started off kind of slow in, in week one. But, uh, you know, second week, Josh McDaniels offense, uh, Devontae Adams has proven to be still a problem. No drop off, uh, you know, without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you got Darren Waller probably a little bit healthier uh, this week. And Hunter Renfro, by the way, oh, he's he's got to get going. He didn't really do much. So I just think you're going to see uh, an explosion from this Vegas passing attack this week and the line keeps going up in their favor too you know it started out i think it was three and a half it's already up to five and a half you got a total over 51 i believe i got vegas projected for let's see i think they're one of my highest scoring teams on the week yeah vegas is my fourth highest scoring projected team uh of the week so you know that you know you you take that you kind of match it up with the quarterback and uh i think he's going to throw for uh, I, I think he goes for 300 and has a, a good shot Ooh, at three yeah. fours here. Yeah, Vegas likes Vegas this week. Um, yeah, they no, have surprise. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I, I thought I was super high up. I have QB eight. Um, so I'm in agreement with you here. Uh, yeah, what's not to love? I mean, Devontae Adams. Oh, holy Woo. shit. Just so good. So I, the fact that he has him, Renfro will get his eventually, and Darren Waller looked great. Uh, Matt Collins is out there running wind sprints. He had a 90%. <laughs> but yeah, you never know. Like, he could get wide open to play, catch a deep ball. But just, uh, yeah, I love Derek I mean, Carr. Right to, to be clear, to be clear, none of none of my like for Derek Carr, none of my love for Derek Carr has anything to do with Matt Collins. Obviously. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that he's up there 90% of the time. And he's absolutely that guy that's going to catch an you know, 80-yard troll touchdown. Oh, but yeah. either way, you know, Derek Carr is, like, approaching – mid-range qb1 for me all right uh what about quarterbacks that you're down on uh so i'm low on Jameis winston this week um he's my qb22 compared to qb15 uh that's where the consensus has him uh he was my top streamer qb last week in my main article uh and he looked great uh against the falcons michael thomas jarvis landry chris olave all look great like i love this offense but this matchup against the buccaneers he definitely gets a downgrade um, you know, Vegas agrees hit the Saints team total is only 20 and a half this week, um, which is below average. So, you know, Jameis Winston gets a slight downgrade this week. He'll be streamable again, but not this week against the Bucks. Yeah, this this whole game is kind of looks like a fade. You know, this is it's just yeah. a it's a you know, the defenses, I mean the Tampa Bay defense look great. New Orleans always plays Brady pretty well. Uh, so I am going to actually kind of stay in that game. I'm going Tom Brady as my guy that I'm low on. I have him outside the top 10. Uh, I just, you know, you listen to Todd Bowles talk about this team and, you know, talk about running the football. And they kind of talked about it all camp, but you can't really take that seriously. But, you know, we saw the Bucks even in that game against Dallas, like early in the game before they had pulled away, uh, there was one drive or one series where they just ran it three straight times at Fournette and kicked a field goal. Like this is a new type of Bucks team. Uh, I think in terms of just what they're going to do with the with the balance and the receivers, you know, still trying to get healthy. I know uh, Godwin is banged up already again. You know, we'll see about Gage and how much he's back. He kind of started slow uh, in terms of his usage last week. And then Julio Jones looked like he got banged up a little at the end, too. So uh, I, I think this Tampa Bay team looking at their O-line interior, clearly a strength is their strength is run blocking and not pass blocking. So New Orleans always is good against the run, but New Orleans is also always good against Tom Brady. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, for that reason, I, w- I don't want any part of Brady in my top 10 quarterbacks. You know, maybe the Bucs get down and they have to throw a lot, but I really think they're trying to be a lot more balanced. I think they're trying to use Fournette a lot more uh, and just do it that way 
And uh, I, I do think they'll ramp it up as the season progresses. But but they, I think they got to get that top four receiver receiving core healthy. I think they want to get those rookie tight ends more snaps before they start, you know, throwing it all around the yard again. So uh, I think this kind of new look Bucks offense, lower scoring games. The defense is just amazing. It's healthy. Uh, I think that's here to stay for at least the early part of the season. So uh, Tom Brady for me. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm QB 13. Where did you say you have him again? I got him QB 16 right now. Oh, shit. way lower. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but I mean, I it's, there's no, it's like a tenth of a point. But yeah, like he's yeah. going to end up outside of the top ten, and he's QB nine consensus. So I uh, just thought I'd get ahead of that. Um, I only have him projected for about two sixty, a little over two sixty in terms of the yardage. All right, quarterback prop. That was the one I lost last week. You had you threw out Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I went under. <laughs> it was over. I mean, what a get! Can we? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, what a what a coaching performance. Nathaniel Hackett might be the worst coach I've ever seen in the history of coaches. And this is I was I was on Urban Meyer. Like I was on Vance Joseph, like all those dudes when they but like not only to to to, to go with the field goal three yards longer than he your field goal kickers ever made instead of just going for five more yards from Russell Wilson who threw for 340, but then to try to call timeouts on the kneel downs, like come on. Well, and they also they didn't call a timeout. Uh, remember, they ran like twenty seconds. Yeah, they had three timeouts. Yeah, they could have they could have done something totally different in that. Horrible. Scenario. Yeah, that was that was bad. But uh, all right, I'll we'll switch it up. So I'll, I'll throw out the prop for quarterbacks this okay. week. Um, and you know where I'm going, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, man, like mm-hmm. how concerned are we about Aaron Rodgers? Because it didn't look good in Week One. So we're gonna go Aaron Rodgers passing yardage in this spot and i'm gonna go with 253 and a half oh man i was thinking um anywhere like i my line's 255 and i was just thinking if it's outside of 250 255 i would know what to do uh this puts me in a real bind um i'm not that worried it, it seems like this happens every year uh we overreact to rogers struggling with one but this is real he doesn't yeah. have Devonte adams doesn't have Bella scantling um wow what a great line i'm gonna have to go up under though i think this week uh they do just lean on aaron jones and aj dill in the running game um and can probably still beat the bears that way so i'm gonna have to go under here but that is a damn good line yeah it's it's, i don't think it's um uh, yeah like you said i don't think it's just a one week thing this time because i'm watching aaron Rodgers and and granted you know as the o-line gets healthier things will help but he was there were plays where he was standing in the pocket for four, five seconds, and nobody was open. And, you know, even when you have all pro offensive linemen, they're not always going to be able to protect for four or five seconds. I mean, the average <laughs> yeah. time to throw is under three. So uh, I think this is going to be an issue all, all year. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think they're going to have – they had Jones and Dylan on the field a lot together. Uh, thank yeah. you, uh, Matt LaFleur, for helping my Randall Cobb uh, go way under, oh, as, yeah. as I thought it yeah. would. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump to running back here and uh, who you got in the top five. So let's see. My top five is pretty straightforward. Again, it's Jonathan Taylor. I uh, still have Chris McCaffrey, number two. Dalvin Cook, welcome to the top three. I have him as my number three running back. And then Saquon Barkley, RB4, and Austin Eckler is my RB5. Ooh, Eckler is interesting because he actually got a little less usage than I than I wanted him yeah. to get. Um, so he's actually just outside my top five. I have Taylor, McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, Joe Mixon uh, as my top uh, five, and then I have Swift, Eckler, six, seven. 
Yeah, fair enough. I mean, Eckler, he only ran around, what, 38% of the dropbacks. Um, they definitely, you know, went with uh, Joshua Kelly, Sonny Michelle in the second half once they were up pretty big. Um, so I'm not too concerned. Maybe they were looking ahead to Thursday night thinking they're going to get Eckler a big, you know, Thursday night role. So yeah, that's uh, last year, probably true. La- yeah, last year, remember, Eckler had zero catches in week one. And look, that turned out to be fine. Uh, but I was definitely the underlying usage was definitely a concern, but I think there was some reason for that. They do like to kind of keep him fresh. Um, but either way, he sneaks in my top five. I, I love him this week. Yeah. And I mean, you know, thinking about it more, I mean, they if Keenan Allen's out, they have to the offense has to run through Eckler. Yeah. Uh, first first and foremost. Yeah, I might bump him back up uh into my top five. I do like Mixon going against, you know, that Dallas team with Cooper Rush after seeing what Fournette did to him uh in week one, though. Yeah. But uh and Saquon Barkley, top five running back. Yeah, I got him top healthy. three. He yeah, has that, he has yeah. that potential. We saw that. Love it. Saquon had uh, you know, he I think he what do you get? 70 about 70% of the car- backfield carries and then 75%. He ran around on 75% of the dropbacks. Uh, so very good. Very good under. And he, he converted that two playing aversion too, oh, right? That yeah. was all him, too. All him. Oh, yeah. He point. broke a tackle at like the three oh. or four yard line. <laughs> like he doesn't break yeah. that tackle. And not ever, like not many running backs break that tackle. Uh, and then yeah, getting into the end zone. So yeah, he looked great. Um, this was the year to get back on him. Yep. Uh, who are you high on? I'm high on Daryl Henderson. I have him RB 14 versus RB 28. Yeah, you thought you were high on him. Um, and by the way, congrats on the, the call heading into the season, you know, saying that this is a potential leapfrog situation. Um, who knows what's going on with Cam Akers? I, I did notice his player prop, his rushing prop specifically. I faded his receiving prop. I saw that. Um, yeah, good shit. But his, his rushing prop dropped like nine yards. 10 15 minutes for kickoff so somebody knew something i was in a um i was in a nice of dgen discord uh you know leading up to the game and somebody just yeah. was like somebody's like hey uh i know somebody that knows somebody essentially that knows like mcveigh and and like yeah. acres is in the doghouse and like you know like you, you hear yeah, stuff no like shit. that you hear stuff no but like he had like he yeah. was like he's like acres is like not gonna play in like in, like in, like in early in this game like he's just not gonna come and like he really didn't yeah. so i was like usually you hear things like that and you're that's, like oh, whatever but exactly no that's why <laughs> I, I noticed that too i i didn't have the inside and scoop like you but once i saw daryl henderson tried out there for the opening snap i'm like oh here we go yep um, you look good and, you look good too you look good yeah so so for now we have to treat him as the workhorse back. Uh, they faced the Falcons this week. So, you know, I expect a big game from him. I would not be surprised if eventually we have more of a timeshare with Akers, but that might not be this week. So I'm sticking with Henderson as a high-end RB2. Um, and then I like Melvin Gordon. Uh, right now, he's my RB21 versus RB36 consensus. And he was a guy that I was saying, yeah, he's not a sexy pick. But he does have he carries that high floor, high ceiling in that range. Once, you know, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard are off the board. I was targeting Melvin Gordon pretty heavily. And this is somebody that loves Javante. Um, so sure enough, Melvin Gordon outrushed Javante 12 to 7. Um, and Javante dominated the receiving work, thank God, because that had the over on his prop. Um, uh, but a matchup this week against the Texans where they're 10 point home favorites, this could be a good Gordon spot. So I view him as a low end RB2 this week. We'll see what Hackett draws up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We will see. <laughs> like, because honestly, because yeah, because I was about to say, like, <laughs> honestly, even giving Gordon five more carries than Javante, I don't know, Hackett, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, Gordon <laughs> was fine. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, yeah. it's just an odd. Like, 
Oh, what did we? Andrew Beck. I mentioned Andrew Beck at the oh end of our PFS pod. The whole first drive, Andrew Beck. Andrew that Beck. Was, Andrew you Beck. It. Yeah, like, well, you didn't call it that way, but you definitely yeah. threw his name out. I, there. I was like, yeah, no, we got to remember. Like, it's always a guy like him that's oh, going to break the slate. But like sure you said, I think you said they, they probably opened up like that because who the hell's going to guard him? Right, right. And sure enough, it was nobody. So Still, I, though. There, there like, you go. Didn't, he didn't throw, Russ didn't like throw to a receiver into like, the second, like nearly yeah. near to the second half. Like it was crazy for me for running back. I am high on, I'm, I gotta go with sexy Rex, sexy Rexy, Rex Burkhead. Uh, you know, he led the Texans backfield by a pretty substantial margin. He had 50 snaps to Damian Pierce's 20. Uh, and you know, he, when you look at the carries, he, he had 56% uh, of the backfield carries and he had, uh, he ran around on 63% of the dropbacks. And, you know, the Texans are uh, an underdog yet again. So I, I think Burkhead, for now, we still have to expect him to lead this backfield in snaps and touches. Uh, so he's the consensus RB45. I have him RB30. He's essentially one of the, you know, the, the last, like, of the starting running backs. But I think we have to treat him like that. We saw this at the end of last year, too. You know, and it's still, even though Cully is gone, it, Lovey Smith is still the head coach. Um you know, and they, you know, new offensive coordinator in Pep Hamilton, but obviously still rolling with Burkhead. So I think Pierce's role grows as the season progresses, right. but it's still week two. And I, I think you can only kind of bump Burkhead's usage down so much from where he was in week one. It, it's going to happen gradually. So, yeah, Rex Burkhead uh, for me. Yeah, unfortunately, he is an RB3 flat. For now, yep. but I think uh, Pierce will eventually take over. I think now would be a good time to try to buy low on Damian Pierce, but anybody that rostered him probably already thinks highly of him, so good luck with that. But I think that for now, uh, I think Burkhead's a good play. Yeah, it's it, it, the the receiving usage is kind of the issue for Pierce for now. It's like he only yeah. ran around on 13% uh, of the dropbacks, and you know every everyone's playing PPR, half PPR these days. That's just going to be hard to uh, for him to, to put up consistent numbers like that. Yeah, especially when they're, you know, a 10-point dog this week. <laughs> right. You know, like, they had a positive game script, and Burkhead was dominating the early down Yeah. Work, the third down work. It was just not good for Pierce. And this is, I mean, you have to adjust your numbers. This is what it, this is yeah. what you kind of have to – actually, I, let me ask you this. Like, so, you know, obviously you have, like, your priors. You're coming into the year. You have a certain projected yeah. usage for each player. How much do you adjust based on week one generally? I know it's going to obviously differ per, per situation. Yeah. It definitely depends on each situation. Uh, but I think in, in terms of just like honing in on this situation, um, I was high on Pierce. He was supposed to be the starting running back, but the evidence of week one suggests otherwise. So I'm adjusting pretty heavily based on the week one usage. Like I said, Burkhead was being used heavy on early downs and third down usage. So when they're going to be in a negative game script like that, I just can't make a case for Pierce right now. So he's going to be on my bench in all the leagues that I have him, and he has to prove otherwise. So, um, so yeah, for this specific situation, it impacts my projections heavily. All right, who are you low on at running back? So, you know, Derrick Henry, uh, he's still a good play in seasonal leagues, but in DFS, um, he's probably a fade for me. He's my RB9 to begin the week, which is ha- has to be one of the lowest ranks I've ever given Derrick Henry <laughs> um, in the past few seasons anyway. Um, and right now he's RB6 consensus, so I'm a bit lower, but – um, you know, the Titans are a 10-point underdog against the Bills this week. That Bills defense looks, you know, really good. So this is a tough matchup. It's going to be a negative game script. This could be another Dontrell Hilliard game. So 
Um, I would just lower expectations for Derrick Henry this week. And then got to go with Zeke. Um, you know, he's my RB27 right now. Consensus <laughs> is RB18. That's got to come down, right? Um, it's just hard to trust him this week with Cooper Rush under center. Cowboys are seven and a half point underdogs against Bengals, dealing with multiple offensive line injuries. Um, so this could be a week where we see a little bit more Tony Pollard. Um, I'm just very low on Zeke and obviously the rest of the Cowboys offense right now. Yeah, I have him RB31 to start the week. And he's, I mean, it's just, it's a combination of like the low touchdown projection. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like 60 40 with him and Pollard. And, you know, do I think, I do, I think the Cowboys will try to run the ball more, obviously. And, you know, so that's a a, a positive. But, but yeah, it's, you know, how easy is that going to be when you have like Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals in this bounce back spot now? They're coming off that crazy loss. In week one, so uh, yeah, they might be chasing the score for a good part of the game. Me, Dallas, so it's gonna be tough for me. Yeah, I got, uh, I agree with Henry and Zeke, uh, but I gotta go with Cam Akers. I mean, he's still the consensus yeah. RB thirty-five, um, and I just, you know, I don't know how you kind of get there with when he had three touches in week one. You know, maybe his role grows eventually. Maybe he does better in practice. But right now, I have him as the RB forty-five. I mean, even that might might be a little generous. Um, you know, it's it's just. You know, three touches on the day. He had, uh, you know, under 20% of the uh, the carries and ran a route on just 20% of the dropbacks. So, uh, you know, if, even if that usage ticks up, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, he's obviously a complimentary piece for now, unless McVay just completely goes and does a 180 and, like, features acres. But until, until we see anything like that, yeah. we have to go with, kind of what we were hearing coming into the year and what we saw for, you know, with our own eyes in week one. And then even after the game, you know, McVay is kind of saying, you know, Akers needs to, you know, capitalize on his opportunities. And, you know, it's he's not saying nice things about Cam Akers. Uh, so it's kind of a red flag for me. All right, what are you, uh, what are you going for your the prop? Um, I, let's go with the 49ers backfield here. I think a lot of people oh, want to hear our take oh, on no. this. But let's go Jeff Wilson and attempt to figure out what's going to happen here. Um, so let's go total rushing and receiving yards okay. um, against the Seahawks this week. And I'm going to float out 62 and a half. Ooh, that is a good line. I am going to go under. Um, I have it I have it right around there. So I have them getting about 13 carries and 1.3 catches. So um, like average on the average yardage comes out to about 64. Um, but median, I think it would be a little closer to 60. Um, we were right in the same yeah, wheelhouse yeah. though. Yeah. So, and listen, Debo Samuel got eight carries again in week one. So they're obviously continuing that kind of, yeah. you know, Debo wide back role. Um, and on top of that, you have Trey Lance now, you know, so it's this 49er RB one is not always going to be the, you know, like, like a normal RB one who's taken over. For, for somebody injured and then we also just don't like we never truly know like it looks like Wilson is kind of clearly ahead of Ty Davis Price who was a healthy scratch and then Jordan Mason didn't even get a, a carry once mm-hmm. um once Mitchell went down so it looks like he's clear, clearly ahead but you know was Davis Price just an inactive because he doesn't play special teams might they you know kind of you know, uh, split work a little more, you know, 63rd, 60, 40 in, in that situation. Who knows? So I think you have to be somewhat um, conservative with Wilson uh, in this spot. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go under, but that is a that's a very good line. Hey, okay, let's go to wide receiver. Who are your top five? Uh, OK, so my top five is Cooper Cup, Just Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. 
And then Stefan Diggs, welcome back to top five. <laughs> and Gabe Davis is my wide receiver 11. We are getting there. Ooh. He is getting there. But by what was the line? By week eight, I'm hoping we see a Diggs, Gabe Davis top five. Yeah, I'll just take Gabe Davis. I mean, I've already had Diggs in my top five. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I have the same same top five. Just nothing really, you know, like all the good receivers went went off in week one. All those top five. How guys. close is uh, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson though? It's like you know, point one for me now. Uh, I still got a little bit of distance, like mm-hmm. maybe like a half point or so. Uh, just because I, I the Rams against the Falcons, uh, I still yeah. got still got them doing a little better on on offense than Minnesota but I mean that was great for Justin Jefferson and yeah, yeah. Like, even even he was confused as to why Jair Alexander wasn't like shadowing him he was like <laughs> why am I so wide open um so that I mean yeah. we'll talk about somebody that I think I don't think that bodes well for this week but um I mean just all those top five guys like how good were they like Stephon Diggs didn't even play a full compliment of snap <laughs> he went ham uh Adams yeah. is doing great Adams thing Jamar Chase should have had like four touchdowns that he, he caught it like the half yard line yeah. and like didn't count I mean it was just uh, a show for those guys uh who are you high on at wide receiver this week uh so I'm high on Christian Kirk uh he's my wide receiver 13 right now I don't know how that happened yeah. oh, this, um, that, that sounds like a that sounds like an early Tuesday morning for Jack. yeah yeah it's definitely early Tuesday <laughs> we'll, we'll see what's going hey, on there I, but he might he might go down but either way I mean the Jaguars were pass heavy when the game started and then they were forced into a pass heavy game script once they went down and you know Kirk ran around 91 percent of the you know dropbacks which wasn't too surprising uh, but you saw a healthy target share, you know, 24.5% target per route run rate. Um, he's just get, he's just going to command a bunch of targets and a pass-heavy offense. Um, so, you know, investing in Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk is a smart move right now. I know you had them last week as one of your top stacks, so that was a good yep. call. Um, so love him this week. We'll see if he ends up as a high-end wide receiver, too, by the end of the week. But I do like him. Um, I like Josh Palmer as well. Uh, I mean, this is why... He's one of my favorite, um, you know, high upside bench stashes at wide receiver. Um, Keenan Allen probably won't play this week, so we should see a ton of Josh Palmer. He's my wide receiver 33 right now compared to wide receiver 58 ECR. Um, And, you know, Jalen Guyton only played four snaps. So finally, finally, Josh Palmer is the wide receiver three in this offense. Uh, DeAndre Carter played once Keenan Allen went out. He's more of the Keenan Allen backup. Uh, but it was a great start to Josh Palmer's season. Um, and this week he should be a good, you know, low end wide receiver three option. And then I got, I got to just mention him, but Curtis Samuel, uh, he's my wide receiver 35 right now. Talk about an early week ranking. Um, but he, you know, he's sneaking in deeper leagues. He's, he's a high four play. He saw 80% of routes run. He looked healthy. Um, he even saw four direct handoffs. So, um, he has a good matchup this week against the Lions. So you could do worse than him in deeper leagues if you need like a high floor play in PPR leagues. Yeah, no, I like Curtis Samuel. I got him a uh, wide receiver 41. Uh, I think oh, he's, nice. He, I mean, yeah. they, they're going against the Lions. He's kind of, the only thing is, I mean, there's there's a lot of competition now with yeah. Dotson and uh, Terry, but. Um, Logan you know, Thomas is yeah. healthy, surprisingly. So, yeah, a lot of competition there. Uh, all right, for me, I am going with – I got to go with my dude, Amon Ross St. Brown, first of all, again. Uh, you know, he, we saw him run around on 90% of the dropbacks last – no, 92% of the dropbacks last week. Um, you know, he we started off the game a little bit slow, 
But, you know, that's the yeah. whole thing with Amon Ross St. Brown. It's like this Lions team is probably – their defense is bad. Like, what, they give up 38? And that's that's my yeah. whole point with this Lions team. That's why we like the Washington and, and Samuel and all these guys this week. Um, I think this defense is going to continue to struggle. And, you know, Amon Ross not always going to start off that slow. So he started off slow, still ended the game with eight catches, uh, a touchdown, and 64 yards. And, uh, you know, this week going up against Detroit, uh, I think he's going to, to be able to eat yet again. So – uh, I have him in the top 12, and he's uh, he's wide receiver 21. So uh, last week he was I was about 10 spots higher than him. Uh, the consensus <laughs> that I'm going to be about probably 10 spots higher again. So uh, I think you got to, uh, you know, kind of roll. And if you're going to go back to last season, you know, this is what he's been doing. You know, he's just continuously give, giving you six, seven, eight catches uh, per game. Uh, and another guy I think, uh, I think it's time to cautiously back, buy back in a little bit on Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, he's he was the guy who caught a long touchdown in week one, which usually you like to fade that, but uh, his underlying usage was excellent. He ran around on every single drop back, and only three Panther receivers saw the field uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Shai Smith. And, uh, you know, if the Giants, because their, their issue all year is uh, camp has been the number two corner spot, really the number two and three. So, uh, Adore Jackson's been amazing. He shut down Robert Woods last week. Uh, if they kind of use him on DJ Moore, which I would expect they would, uh, I think you see another game where Robbie Anderson kind of shows out. And just based on the amount of routes that he's running, uh, I think he has to be back in the conversation here. So I have uh, Robbie, uh, you know, just outside the uh, the top 40. So, and he might actually be climbing up. So I'd like me some Robbie Anderson uh, this week. Yeah, I always say never underestimate Robbie Anderson. Just, it seems like anytime I try to move on from him, uh, he just pulls me right back in. Uh, all right, we, who are you low on at wide receiver? Oh, so it goes without saying, but C.D. Lamb, um, I have him wide receiver 25. So that's that's how low I'm downgrading him with Cooper Rush under center this week. I think it might help. Obviously, it's going to help when Dak returns, but it might help also when Michael Gallup returns, just so defenses can't just, you know, load up trying to slow down C.D. Lamb. So he's, you know, more of a high-end wide receiver three for me this week. And then Devontae Smith, um, he's my wide receiver 50. I kind of liked him as kind of a, you know, high upside wide receiver three to begin the season. But after just watching the A.J. Brown show in week one, um, I am off on Devontae Smith. He might catch, you know, a deep ball here or there. But, um, you know, he had a 98% routes run uh, participation rate, which is amazing. But, uh, he only saw 5% of targets on his routes run. So, um, not a good opening for him. So he's he's off my wide receiver three radar for now. Yeah, I am low on – I'm low on those guys. Um, not as low as you on Lamb, but still low. Uh, I, I Also, Mike Evans. Um, I think Mike Evans, this is the – he's wide receiver nine in uh, in consensus, and I have him outside the top 12. Uh, I, I have him 13 because every time he goes against Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Marshawn Lattimore tends to, to win those matchups. So uh, last year – Evans one catch on one target uh, for 14 yards in one of the games against the Saints, two for 48 in a touchdown in the other game uh, on only four targets the year before that, four catches, 64 yards, no touchdowns on only six targets. Uh, and in the other game, uh, he did get down, but one catch for two yards. It was only to uh, only catch was a touchdown and he only had four targets. So, and then going, even going back to the year before that, before Tom Brady was there, uh, you know, four for 69, no touchdowns in, on eight targets and, and no catches uh, on three targets. So he's only got uh, over six targets once in the last six meetings 
uh, and none with Tom Brady. So this is it's just a tough matchup for Evans. We you know we already talked about the total for this game is under forty five, which yeah. you know for a Bucks team, I mean Evans is going to kind of eat with touchdowns, and touchdowns are just a little more volatile. So yeah, will he get one? Maybe, but you don't expect him to get a huge yardage total and a touchdown. Uh, and so that kind of knocks him out of the wide receiver one conversation for me this week. Uh, and uh, I am also low on Rashad Bateman. He's the wide receiver 26. I have him in the mid thirties. Uh, he was lucky to catch that long touchdown last week, but uh, only one other catch only ran around on 74% of the dropbacks. Well, Mark Andrews ran around on 94% and Isaiah likely ran around on 52%. So, uh, and now you got Duvernay kind of making noise. Like I, I just think it's going to be tough uh, for, for, Bateman to be consistent week in, week out uh, as a wide receiver two uh, or, high, you know, well, high-end wide receiver three. I think he's more of a low-end uh, wide receiver three until we see him tick up back in usage. And he could be facing Xavier Howard, too. So, uh, yeah. tough matchup on top of that. And uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, as much as I love him, uh, I don't think he should be wide receiver 27 this week. Uh, you know, after all this talk with the Packers about Jair not shadowing, uh, he might he might end up shadowing Mooney this week. But even if he doesn't, I mean, I have the Bears projected for, like, 17 points or something like that like they're one of the lowest on the slate so at, you know there's just not a lot of touchdowns to go around so at best it's probably a lot of empty yardage uh for for moody this week and even that you know again jair alexander works in that packer secondary and uh, the defense is still pretty good i mean they still what did minnesota end up scoring 23 points last week yeah um like this defense is going to be good so uh yeah I, I'm, I'm outside the top 30 uh six with Mooney this week as well I don't know I would I would leave him on the bench until we see something better uh out of him but like those calls I have both Bateman and Mooney outside of my top 35 yeah. as well yeah yeah it's just it you know until we see something from these offenses uh got to kind of downgrade yeah. those guys all right uh wide receiver prop let's go with Allen Robinson oh I knew it. <laughs> gotta oh, go man. with Allen Robinson all uh, right let's go I'm going to set his receiving yardage total against the Falcons after he was out there for 45 routes and saw two two targets. Uh, I'm going to set his receiving yardage total at 48 and a half. Oh, I thought you were going to go low. I thought you are going to give me like 40 and a half or something. 48 and a half. That is pretty good. I have it right at 50. Okay. Screw it. I'll go over here. Ooh, okay. Got you taking over. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a damn good line though. It was definitely a suboptimal start to the season <laughs> um, for Allen Robinson. Um, I'm not dropping him in the leagues I have him, um, but I, I'm definitely going to bench him until we see some signs of life. Uh, th- this game script could get out of hand early where they don't have to throw as much. But <laughs> yeah, just the thought of having his prop be this low in week two, me thinking about it. This goes to show how bad week one was, but I'm rooting for him. So just give me the over. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it was very concerning because, you know, when you, you talk, when you talk about in season, you only need, you only need about like, let's say like a little under 200 routes run for a wide receiver to, to like yeah. really look at his target per route run rate and say, well, this is like kind of his true rate. And Robinson ran like a quarter of those routes. Last week, he ran like 45, 47 routes last week. So for him to have two targets, like that really lowers my, you know, like my true baseline um, kind of projection for him compared to what it was coming in. And and last year he had, he had a career low 18% uh, targets per route. So like the the fact that it kind of continued on that downward spiral is also concerning. So exactly. I I think 
you know, the further we get in the season, we'll learn, we'll learn not to fault guys for having a bad game mm-hmm. against this Bills defense. I think that had a lot to do with it. Cooper Cup is so good, it doesn't matter. He's matchup proof. But we might find that it, it had a lot to do with the matchup. Um, maybe just, you know, because Stafford hasn't been throwing as much. They didn't have as much cameras three week one. So I'm not completely selling on him, but he is definitely getting a downgrade this week. All right, let's go to tight end. Who's the top five? All right, so I got um, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, number three, Kyle Pitts. And then it is wide open. Uh, once you get the tight end five, because George Kittle's hurt, can't really rank him right now. Uh, Schultz gets a downgrade um, with Dak hurt. So I got Dallas Goddard uh, as my tight end five to start the week. I got uh, I got the same top four, Kelsey Andrews, Waller Pitts, and then I got Hawkinson over Goddard. So kind it, was, of, it was close between Hawkinson yeah. and Goddard for me. Yeah. yeah was, but do you have like a huge teardrop there where just like it's it's just wide open? Um from tight ends like five to like 13 i feel like this week yeah i have like over a, uh i have a good like half half point to a point drop off between four yeah Pitts and hawkinson and then everyone's close from like yeah, hawkinson yeah. down to yeah could be a end. fun week <laughs> i mean it's it's gonna probably just be kittle if, if he's healthy yeah obviously uh but yeah it's tough uh who are you high on um, so I'm high on Tyler Higby. He's my tight end nine. Uh, the consensus is always still low on him. For some reason, they have him tight end 15. I think you and I both called that heading into the season. Just the usage is going to be there. Um, and it was in week one. Um, you know, he ran around on 92% of Stafford's dropbacks. Uh, saw a decent target share, you know, 19.5% on his routes run. Um, he had that brutal drop at one point. Um, so he could have had a bigger day. Um, so, you know, it, like I said, it's it's kind of wide open at tight end out, outside of the top four. So he slots in there at my tight end nine, uh, just based on the usage. Should be a good matchup this week against the Falcons. So like him as a low-end tight end one. And then Gerald Everett ended up being my top streamer play um, last week after Donald Parham uh, was ruled out. I bumped him up to tight end nine. Um, now with Keenan Allen likely set to miss, Gerald Everett's all the way up to my tight end seven. So um, I think he'll take advantage of kind of this wide open tight end frontier down here in the, you know, tight end six to 13 range. So love Gerald Everett this week as well. Yeah. Shouts to Everett uh, mentioned him on convince me. Uh, he ended up getting that, that backpedaling touchdown on just yeah. a ridiculous throw from Herbert rolling to his left. So, um, you know, would have liked to see him run a few more routes. You think he was at like 68%. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, he made plays and I, I, I figured that he, this tight end, like he would be better than cook just cause he's like younger, faster version of cook at this point. His uh, route run might go up because I'll have to look at the splits before and after Key and Allen went out, but I would imagine um, with Keenan out, they, uh, you know, have him run around a little bit more here. Um, and yeah. Cause they had Richard Rogers in there. He had a, ran a couple of routes. Get, get that dude out of there. <laughs> um, yeah. I like Tyler Higby. Yeah. I think that, and, and Everett as well. And I guess I, I could throw Albert O in there. Um, he, he mm. came so short of a touchdown, but we, he, we saw the usage that we wanted. He ran around on 73% uh, of the dropbacks and he's connected to Russell Wilson, who, you know, after last week, I think he's going to try to get some touchdowns against these Texans. I think he's going to try to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, and, and I think Alberto uh, could benefit. So uh, I'll take, I'll, I'll say Alberto as well. Uh, who you low on? 
I'm low on Cole Komet. Uh, he opens the week as my tight end 18 versus the consensus tight end 13. For some reason, people still think hey, he's a low end tight end. I called it last week. I called it last week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And, uh, you know, he ran 70% of routes run last week, which is expected for Cole Komet. Um, only saw a target on 6.5% of those, uh, which was not good because he's a guy that you can't really bank on touchdowns from. Um, and in a, you know, run heavy offense, we're not going to see many passing yards. That's just not a good sign. So um, he is off the, t- you know, the high end tight end two radar, even for me right now, until we see some signs of life. So he's way down there for me. And then, you know, Mike Gusecki, I- I've been kind of sounding alarm on him. <laughs> I mean, after week one, Oof. he is way off my radar. Um, I think he's like tight end 30 or something ridiculous, which is just absolutely crazy. Um, but his routes run were what, like 35%. I think he saw a target either way. Um, he is just not a good fit for this scheme. Uh, I wonder if they do trade him at some point, but that was a brutal start for him. Hopefully you don't have him on your team anymore. been trying to warn you, but I'm way low on him again this week. Yeah, that, that was a great call. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's just out of the, until he gets better usage, he's just out of the conversation period. Yeah. For me, it's Kokomet. I mean, that's the obvious one. I, I said it last week. I'm saying it again. Like it's just. You know, it's, there's not enough yardage to go around. There's not enough touchdowns to go around, especially in this kind of matchup. You're just you're just throwing a dart. So yeah, he's my tight end, uh, 24. What is the prop? Let's go with Dalton Schultz uh, with Cooper Rush under center this week. Uh, I'm curious where you have him projected. Um, might not be a ton of passing yards, but maybe he is like his outlet here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a it's a tough projection this week for Schultz, but. I'm at 42 and a half receiving yards. Are you over or under that? Ooh, that is right there. I have them. I have the average at 4.5 catches for 45 yards. So that is okay. That's a perfect one. Let's see. How many uh, passing yards do you have for Cooper Rush? That's that's a two, 236. Better. Okay. All right. A little bit higher than me, but very close. Okay. I'll go over um, yeah. because I think I think he is kind of that uh, outlet. And uh, after seeing Fryermuth go go ham. Uh, against that Cincinnati, like in inner inner uh, inside defense, I think. Yeah, I think you could see the same kind of game script. Like late in the game, Dallas needs a like down by a couple of possessions, and Schultz may end up going over on that last drive. So yeah, I'll, I'll go over. Nice. I wasn't sure if I wanted you to go over or under here. That's <laughs> that's how unconfident I am about my projection. Yeah, but I mean nice. we're kind I'll of in it. the same area, you know, <laughs> right around mid forties. Yeah, yeah. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. This is our week two NFL player projections episode. Uh, you know, for more great fantasy content from Sean and I, check out our full fantasy preview episode uh, out now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. And if you're into betting, be sure to check out uh, my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday on this channel with Stucky. I uh, had a good five and one week with the six pack last week. You can find all of our fantasy projections up to date and our fantasy rankings over at actionnetwork.com. You can also find our fantasy embedding content there as well. Be sure to find us on Twitter. Sean is at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money.